0: The 3 In Sayadri Hills A Lesson in Humility. I love traveling, be it a tiny village, a drought hit area, a deserted mountain top, a dense forest, or even a monument in Egypt or China. I enjoy going to different places. On one occasion, I went to the Sayadri Hills, a densely forested region in Karnataka. It had been drizzling the whole day. Though forests are difficult to negotiate during the rains, especially due to the presence of those radied leeches went out to visit them during the rainy season to get the most out of them. The mild smell of exotic trees, shrubs and flowers, the chirping of the different kinds of birds, the gentle whistle of the unpolished breeze, these are the joys that can never be experienced in any town or city. I was there to visit a tribal village school deep in the forest area. The charitable Trust with which I am connected wanted to help to improve the school. Tandas, as the local groups of tribals are called, are delightful. Normally, there is a headman in each tanda known as Tandapa. He is the senior most man of the tribe and is considered the supreme power, almost a living god. All are beholden to him. He practices the customs taught to him in his childhood and everyone follows them. There was a downpour when I reached the village. The rain, the glistening leaves, and the strong smell of wild flowers made me feel as though I was on a different planet. But I never felt like an intruder, not even when I reached the school after a long walk and every villager stood by staring at me. Reaching the school was an adventure in itself. I saw a lady walking with a rhythmic grace, despite the three pots of water balanced on her head. I stopped her and asked, which way should I go to reach the school? She made an exclamatory sound, stared at me and walked away. Perhaps she did not want to talk to a stranger, especially one from her town. Or perhaps she did not understand my language. I then approached an old man who was waving a cane basket while humming a folk song. I knelt in front of him and asked in a loud and clear tone, Where is the school? Curiosity was written all over his face and he seemed anxious to ask me all kinds of questions. But he did not. He simply said something in his dialect and indicated direction with his hand. The school was an old thatched building, probably built by the tribals themselves. It was a primary school. I could see a few children playing outside while others were busy under a shed like shelter doing something with the leaves and straws. I walked in and found a small room with two chairs, two tables, and a blackboard with a pot of water beside it. There were no electric lights or a fence. Instead, a small shutterless opening served as a window. This was the only source of ventilation in the room. It appeared to be the office room but there was no one there. I did not find any staff around. While I was looking for someone, an elderly man woke up to me and asked what I wanted. I introduced myself and told him that I had come to see what help we could provide the school. His responses, however, did not seem very encouraging. I thought I might be able to communicate better if I first put him at ease. So I started asking him about his life. It turned out that he was a live-in watchman, compune of the school. He would double as a tour guide sometimes. But he was not a paid employee of either the school or the government. His grandson was studying in the school free of cost in return for the services which the old man rendered. How long had he been living there? For many years. He replied simply, he lives in a small hut in a courtyard of the school. By now, his attitude towards me was slightly more encouraging. So I gently turned the conversation to the affairs of the school. He said that the state government ran the school. There were two teachers and around 50 students who came from far and near. There was no compulsory uniform. I was impressed by the number of children who attended the school. After all, their parents were unschooled themselves and the living conditions were harsh. Yet there was a willingness to educate their children. What are the difficulties you face in running this school? The old man did not say much by way of reply. He just took me to a cottage nearby and introduced me to the Tandukpa, who seemed to be more than 90 years old. He was happy to see me. I asked him the same question. What problems do you face in running the school? Committing to school was a difficult during the rains he said. Besides the school, cloths would not dry in the rainy season. The simplest of the problems and a familiar one too. During the course of my work, I have listened to many such a problems from many such a people. After acquiring a fair understanding of the people and their lives, I departed, not forgetting to thank them for their cooperation. I decided to return with some umbrellas and claws for the children. When I went again, it was a winter. The rains were over. Now the scene was transformed. It was paradise. There was no mud and no frogs croaking. Birds were cooing. The sky was clear. Many rare flowers had bloomed. I met the same Tandapa. He recognized me and greeted me with a smile. His eyes seemed to welcome me warmly. Please accept these things which I have proud for the children here. Last time I did not know what to give them. I said handing over a big bag to him. The Tantapa hesitated. I wondered whether he was feeling embarrassed. I told him, you have not asked for any gift from me. I brought this myself. It will help the children during the rains. Please get the cloth seat according to their size." He walked into his hut without saying a word. What do you want to learn? I asked some children who were standing nearby. No one answered. After a lot of persuasion. A few youngsters came closer but they were still too shy to talk. I went on a them and ultimately one of them said, We have heard about computers but we have not seen them except on a TV. We want to learn about computers. Do you have any book about computers that is written in Canada? Having been brought up in a teacher's family and being a teacher myself, I was delighted to hear what these children had to say. Their ideas were surprisingly fresh and modern despite the fact that they belonged to a such a backward region. I told them that I would look for such a books in Bangalore. If I did not find any, I promised that I would write a book for them myself. They seemed pleased and I was extremely happy. By that time, the Tandapa had written from the inside his heart. He held a bottle of a red liquid in his hands. Amma, he said, presenting the bottle to me. We do not know what you like and what you drink at home. This is very special drink that we prepare during summer in this forest area. We extract the juice from a wild red fruit and store it. It lasts for at least two rainy seasons. Nothing is added to the juice. It is good for health. Add some of this juice to a cup of water and stir it before drinking. I was embarrassed. How could I accept a gift from these poor people? They themselves did not seem to have enough to eat and drink. Moreover, I had gone on a mission to give, not to take. I thought it over and politely declined the gift. The Tandapa then said gravely, Amma, then we cannot accept your gift either. Our ancestors have lived in this forest for generations and they have taught us their ways. When you want to give us something, we accept But only when we can give something to you too. Unless you take our gift, we cannot take the things you have brought for us. I was shocked embarrassed and humbled. Nothing in my experience had prepared me for this. The usual pattern is for people to express gratitude when a charitable organization provides some assistance. I have come across complaints too. When a group or organization has many problems and we help solve one of them, it is not unusual for the reception of our help to grumble about what has been left undone rather than show gratitude for what has been accomplished. There have ever been a cases where the receptionists have complained about the amount of help given to them. I have taken all these in my stride, finding fulfillment in the giving, not in the responses. Here in a Sahyatri forest was an old man, a tribal with no schooling, practising a highly principled philosophy of a life. Give when you take, do not take without giving. This was a culture at its best, I smiled and gracefully accepted his gift. The Tandapa rose even further in my esteem when he remarked with a twinkle, There is a grace in accepting also.